We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 79 of the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. We have got a packed show for you guys. First off, starting with Chris Silva and the Gamecocks getting the 80-77 to win over the 16th-ranked Auburn Tigers. We'll also break down some news and notes with recruiting, the Gamecocks hiring a new defensive line coach, some transfers, uh, and other good stuff. Before we get into all of that, this show is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. The AFC and NFC Championship games are in the books. The Super Bowl is coming up, Super Bowl 53. It's a classic old-school versus new-school battle on both sides of the ball to see which team is going to win Super Bowl 53. Whether or not you're a fan of the Rams or if you're like Tom and a fan of the Patriots, you're going to have a blast watching and you're going to have even more fun if you gamble on them with our friends over at MyBookie. MyBookie is also planning some of the craziest Super Bowl props you've ever seen. You can literally gamble on anything. I'm talking the national anthem, the coin toss, how long the halftime show is, who catches the first touchdown, if there's a safety in the game, how many passing yards. It goes on and on and on. Again, they're planning on so many prop bets. If you're not a customer on MyBookie yet, make sure you sign up and get deposit your money before the game and before Super Bowl 53. They're offering a 50% sign-up bonus for any new customer who deposits with our promo code, which is SPURSUP. Again, that's S-P-U-R-S-U-P, one word. Again, that's promo code SPURSUP. So use that promo code. For example, if you deposit $1,000, they're going to give you an additional 500 to play with. Again, you don't want to miss it. There's a ton going on right now between – college basketball, NHL, NBA, and of course, like I mentioned, the Super Bowl, which is upcoming, the Rams and Patriots, going to be one of the hottest tickets in town, and there's going to be a ton to gamble on. So again, go over to mybookie.ag, use the promo code SPURSUP, get your 50% sign-up bonus now, and we appreciate those guys at MyBookie. Remember, at MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, let's get into it. I'm Chris Phillips. Tom, I don't even want to ask you. I know how your weekend went. I know there was there was no football. I know football season's been over for a couple months now, so we won't even uh, we won't even speak on it. We can get right into the basketball stuff. No, shut <laughs> your whore mouth. We're talking about the NFL football. <laughs> Tom, your weekend I know was fantastic as the Patriots go to another Super Bowl. I, I don't really know what there is to say. Obviously, you had your comments on social media this weekend that you're ready to uh, – 
to soak up all the tears. I know you're probably walking around campus with your chest poked out right now. So I'm, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess the bait. That's, that's all I have to say at this point. Honestly, I didn't expect the Patriots to win that game. I didn't expect them when I, cause I went to Jacksonville and I probably talked about this a million times, but I went to Jacksonville to see them play and get to see Brady play before he retires. And I don't know if that's this year or whatever, but it was my best chance to go. So me and my friends went and, they got absolutely throttled by the Jags. And I was like, well, we'll be lucky to make playoffs this year. And now we're in the Super Bowl. I mean, I bet almost bet against, bet against Tom Brady, which is my favorite player of all time. And that's pretty stupid of me to do. But, I mean, just – I mean, I literally I texted one of my friends whenever the Patriots won the coin toss. And I was like, the game's over. Mahomes isn't going to touch the ball. And that's exactly what happened. So, yeah, I mean, I think we all knew it was going to happen when the Patriots got the ball in overtime. I mean, come on. There's no – question. it just – uh, it's just crazy. Like, every little thing, it, it just breaks the Patriots' way. I mean, great teams make their own breaks. Don't get me wrong. But, God, I mean, the thing is, is, like, anybody who bets – and obviously, again, my bookie. Go bet with my bookie. I'm, I'm probably going to do so over the Super Bowl. But anybody who bets against the Patriots at this point is a freaking psychopath. Dude, because the Rams were, like, a point-and-a-half favorite for, like, five minutes. And I think enough people started betting on the Patriots where it flipped the other way. Well, yeah, I heard somebody somebody uh, said something which I thought was great, which is basically Vegas Vegas doesn't want the Patriots to win, so they made him a favorite because they're so tired of Tom Brady using that as a using that as a, like we're the underdogs, bro. Somehow, somehow Tom Brady has convinced himself and the dude. You know what I was thinking about this the other day, and it's going to hurt your feelings to say it, but you know what? I feel like right now Tom Brady and the Patriots they're like Dabo Sweeney and Clemson of the NFL. They somehow they somehow convince themselves they're the underdog when they're they they somehow convince themselves they're not supposed to be there when the path was literally laid and it would be a huge disappointment by their entire fan base if they weren't in the championship. I mean, That's pretty much word for word. That, bro, that it's is not even a disappointment though. Like, I think most Patriot fans this year like didn't expect for them to go to the Super Bowl, which is like. Almost like what you're saying, though, is that most Patriot fans expect every year for us to be in the AFC Championship or Super Bowl, which for, like, the last eight years, that's been true. I mean, it's just – and it, it sucks. And I, I hate, like, I get the bandwagon thing. And, I mean, if you want to call me bandwagon, I don't really care. I've been a Pats fan since, like, 07, 08, around that time. And, I mean, I, it was a stupid reason why I became a Patriots fan, but I can name – Fifty uh, percent. I mean, you're also problem. you're also like 19. So you've been a Patriots fan since 07. What you were like 12. So I mean, yeah. it's not like you were like it's not like you were like 20. And you're like, All it's right, not like I knew what football was at that point. Not that I didn't know what it was. But like right, I didn't right. know know about football then. And I mean, I I don't know how to explain it. But it's it's just this is never gonna happen again in my lifetime in any sport. So I just soak it up while I can. Yeah, I, I mean, I just I don't know. I, I mean. <laughs> What can you say? It's just the Pats. The other game, I mean, we're not, we're obviously not an NFL podcast, but the other game, the other NFL game, just a terrible call in that sense. That was was the most brutal, brutal missed call I've ever seen. It's so so funny. I talked about it before. My best friend's a Falcons fan. Obviously, I talked about his nightmare scenario would have been uh, Saints and uh, Saints and Patriots. And that that call happened. He was like, it couldn't have happened to a better team or a better city. And I was just like, oh my God. But or that call was that call was just terrible. I mean, it, one of the worst missed calls I've ever seen. I, I mean, and I literally you, I a, mean, like, how do you mess that up? I literally had a buddy of mine try to tell me he didn't think it was a penalty and the guy wouldn't have had a chance to catch it. I'm like, bro, it would have hit him in stride. Like, what do you mean? Just wild. But I mean, I'm thinking Rams Patriots should be a fun one, but I just there's no 
no world where I would bet against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick at this point. Like just, there's just no way. I just would not. There's no way. Absolutely no. Uh, way. It's gonna, I mean, it will take the Rams. It will take something like David Tyree catchish to happen. Like you, you have to beat the Patriots. Like I feel like you're not just going to line up and beat them normally. Like you have to do something. There has to be some crazy play made. I mean, my thing is, is that for teams that have beaten the Patriots in the past, it's been that they've had interior rushers that are really good, and the Rams have that, and Dominican Sue and Aaron Donald. They have a really good defense. They have a running game with Todd Gurley. Brandon Cooks is a really good weapon. Jared Goff's had a great year. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a challenge. I don't think that, that I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. But I could easily see like the Rams just handling the Patriots, not like. No, no, no. Anything, I, but I could see them winning by like 10. And that's just because I know what they have and like how good they are throughout their entire team. You know, you talk about the interior rushers, though, but I'll tell you this the MVP of the Patriots might be Dante Rosenberg, the, uh, or no, what is it, Dante Scarnecchia? Dante Scarnecchia, the, uh, Dante Scarnecchia? Yeah, his name's Scarnecchia, the offensive line coach. Oh, yeah. I was like, line. I'm my player. I was like, no, no, no. Yeah, the offensive Dante. line coach, their offensive line has been phenomenal. So, I mean, oh, yeah. Jo- I who mean, knows? you get who Trent knows? Brown from the 49ers and he, um, you almost turn him into an all pro. And then Shaq Mason goes from being at Georgia Tech to being one of the best guards in the game. I mean, I, that they're, really, that's just an overall really good offense. They're really fun to watch. Like, from a guy who loves offensive line play, they're an extremely fun team to watch. Yeah, it's just absurd. I just can't even imagine that. It's just how many AFC championships, how many Super Bowl. His Tom Brady has now. This is his ninth Super Bowl, which is more than any other team. He's been to more Super Bowls himself than any other team. I mean, that's just sickening. It's just sickening. It is sickening. It's crazy. It's crazy to me though, and I I know we we need to quit talking about this going other things, but it's crazy to me like how people still are like. Tom Brady's not the GOAT, and, like, he's not the best quarterback to ever play. Like, no, like, that conversation that he's the best quarterback was over when he came back from 28-3 to against the Falcons. Now he's yeah. just in conversations for, like, best athlete of That's all why time. I thought he should have walked away after they got that win because I'm like, how could it – at the at the time, I'm like, how can it, it, get, how does it get better? better? I'm like, how can it get any better? But then they're in the Super Bowl again. So, it's like, well, maybe that – I mean, what am I – who am I to say you shouldn't come back if you can get back to the Super Bowl? So, but, anyways, my weekend, Tom, was pretty eventful. I know some of you probably saw on social media. My, my weekend was eventful for a little bit different reason. So, I decided over the Christmas holiday to order myself a South Carolina baseball jersey, which, long story short, I bought two of them. The first one got here on Sunday. I was super jacked. It was a – if anybody remembers, it was the throwback unis, baseball unis from, like, 2000, 2001, the white with black pinstripe with kind of the black lettering and the unique – the unique uh, numbers and stuff like that. I get it. Completely messed up. Has FYI as the last name. I have no clue why it has FYI as the last name. And so that just like was demoralizing because I had been looking forward to the jersey for literally almost a month. And I get my jersey tonight, my second one. I was super jacked before the South Carolina Auburn game was started because I get it. It's a Michael Roth jersey, the traditional Friday night white jersey, garnet pins phenomenal literally phenomenal and I think I told you the pre-show Tom my expectations were so low because that first jersey was so terrible that I got it and it's like it literally has like the SEC patch on it It has the Under Armour logo like it has the Palmetto State flag on the sleeve phenomenal so that was a very that was a fantastic way and if you saw it on social media I mean it's sharp like it is very sharp so you're definitely going to see me walking around Founders Park rocking that but 
like I said, that was only leading into which I'm so glad, Tom, we were able to wait a little bit later in the night tonight because obviously the Gamecocks, we're going to start with them, uh, start with the men's basketball team. I mean, beating Auburn 80-77, to uh, we'll kind of backtrack a little bit. Obviously, South Carolina suffers their first SEC loss on Saturday to LSU, which I think you could see coming from a mile away. We, we, we said last week that I thought South Carolina would either lose at Vandy or at LSU. Gamecocks had a huge win in Nashville. You could see the LSU loss coming. It was an exhausted team. LSU's a really, really good basketball team. But South Carolina able to come back tonight, get the win against the 16th-ranked Auburn Tigers. Tom, you were at the game. And Chris Silva, really all that needs to be said, Chris Silva, 32 points, 14 rebounds. He gets the double-double. Tom, talk about the game tonight, um, just overall your takeaways and you know what you saw obviously from Chris Silva and the rest of the guys. Well, I mean, you talk about Chris Silva having 32 and 13 or whatever it was, but I look up and it's like halfway through the second half and, I, and it's Chris Silva has like 25 and I'm like, what, what's going on right? Like, when did he score that many points? It didn't, it really didn't seem like he had scored that many. It's almost like when you watch Sundarius Stonewall play and you look up and he had 20 and five, you know, it was barely halfway through the second quarter or second half. But anyway, I mean, overall the team, they're they're really fun to watch. Keyshawn Bryant can absolutely jump out the gym. God, he 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 brought the gym down on one of those dunks. Yeah, he that murdered one kid. That guy, I think he's dead now. I think they buried him <laughs> right after the game. Um, anyway, I, I mean Hassani Gravit too is just coming into his own. He's a very he, fun player to watch. He was Devin Downey two point tonight. Yeah, I mean, he was hitting threes from everywhere. AJ Lawson had kind of a down night, which was disappointing to watch because at the beginning of the first half, he was really, you know, getting into the game, playing well, hitting his jumpers. And I think he just maybe the mental the mental aspect of the game is getting to him. He's a lot, it's pretty much halfway through his freshman year, and it, it hits you at some point when you're expected to score as many points as he is. But, I mean, overall, the entire team was just – they're just a really fun team to watch play. They play hard. They get after it. They play good defense, and they – they're really scrappy, which is something I can appreciate because I wasn't the most talented kid in the world playing basketball in high school. But I just got after it because that's all I could do. Because you know, when you can't shoot threes or you know hit a mid-range jumper one out of five times, you got to be able to do something else going floor. So it's just fun. It's, it's like I I hate that I keep saying it. they're fun to watch play, but they're just a fun basketball team, and it shows that they work hard and they get after it, especially when you beat the number sixteen team in the nation at home. Yeah, you know, Tom, believe it or not, there were actually people saying on the airwaves on different podcasts that Frank Martin might be done at South Carolina. Maybe time to go a different direction. Can you believe that? I, I just I I You've still never saw that. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. No, I didn't say that. There were some Gamecock podcasts. We would never say that. Um, <laughs> uh, um no, Chris Silva was dominant tonight. I mean, it, it's it's so crazy. Like the game tonight at least, and it's really been all season and really in the SEC conference play, I mean, but I agree with you 100%. This is a fun, young, energetic team. They play with a ton of energy. And it just seemed like tonight especially that every time South Carolina needed a big shot, they hit it. I mean, those shots that Hassani Gravitt was making, would, those were – I think of the one where he goes up and one hands it back into the – Bro, that the one, crazy. The one where he shoots it over the backboard. I mean, what is that falling Dude. away with one second on the shot clock? I mean, the Keyshawn Bryant dunk. Yeah, the Keyshawn Bryant dunk was – dude, I, I said before, I was like, if he ever lands one of those, that he's going to legit tear Colonial Life Arena to the ground. And then well, he and then even caught even, back that ball on that dunk, and it like it hit his arm instead of it going into his hand. <laughs> he literally would have killed that dude if it had hit his hand instead of his arm. <laughs> and then, dude, even a guy like Felipe Hase making a three just in the corner. I mean, 
a guy that you would never like a guy that I would never say, okay, we're drawing a play. We need a we need a three. Who are we dishing the ball to? I mean, I, I was two thousand brick when I was watching it go. Like I was well, like, no oh you, yeah, I would. And then Mike Coatsar quietly has nine points. Um, I thought the you know obviously this is almost kind of an obvious statement, but I think the thing Chris Silva did so well is like he stayed out of foul trouble. I mean, it was, yeah. he was able to actually stay on the floor. Um, I mean, he played thirty one minutes tonight. I think the last two games combined, he had played like seventeen minutes or something. So. I mean, that to me was the huge key, but I don't know. South Carolina must have Auburn's number, man, because it was literally the same thing last year at Colonial Life Arena. So, I mean. Their coach was one of the funniest, like, to watch. Yeah. So many – there were so many fans heckling him. They were like, Bruce, come on, Bruce. It's like so many different – it was hilarious to sit and listen to. I mean, you you just take a look at the statistics, and, I mean, there really isn't a single statistic to me – that South Carolina really blew Auburn away in. I mean, they had eight blocks to Auburn's four. I mean, 16 assists to Auburn's nine. You know, Gamecock shot 47%, Auburn 41. Carolina shot 33% from three, 28% for Auburn from three. But, I mean, it was just South Carolina made the big shot when they needed it. That really, to me, was the, the difference. shot, I mean, is just the difference maker in the game. Yeah, and I mean, it's just – I'll continue to say it. It is wild to watch this team now and just remember watching South Carolina when they went up to Laramie, Wyoming, watching that game and watching South Carolina. They played Stony Brook and going to the Augusta exhibition. I mean, it, it's hard to believe it's the same team on the floor. But I think, I mean, another thing, Chris Silva tonight, 10 of 11 from three throws, 10 of 11 from the charity stripe. I mean, it's rare to see that from a big. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just. This team is playing with a different type of energy, a different type of confidence. And we talked about before, before conference play even started, that there were a lot of good young pieces. You talked about, I mean, A.J. Lawson had an off night. But, I mean, seven points for a true freshman, that's really not that bad. No. Um, you know, Keyshawn Bryant, what he's doing. We knew South Carolina had some good young talent. And then it's Chris Silva, Hassani Gravett, Mike Coates. We knew it was going to come down to those guys. They could ever figure it out and kind of – you know, for lack of a better term, get their heads out of their asses, that South Carolina would have a good opportunity to be a be a tough out at least. I don't know about be a great basketball team, but be a very tough out. And, I mean, Chris Silva's playing his best basketball I've ever seen as a, as a Gamecock. I, I mean, think he – They look like a – they look like a top – not a top 25. They look like a tournament team at this point, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, that's a great – they really do. I, I mean, I don't really know – I mean – I don't know what the prospects are of South Carolina making the tournament because their non-conference was so bad. But, I mean, yeah. at some point, like, the way they're playing, it's, you've got to start thinking, like, is this is this for real? Like, could this really happen? I'm just they have to win this. 10 games in the SEC and then make a run in the SEC tournament. But if they did that, I think you have to put them in. Yeah, and here's a stat. I'm just looking at the stats, Tom. Auburn, no field goals the last four minutes of the game. Mm. No field goals. I mean – just crazy, man. These guys, like you said, they play with an energy. They play hard. They play fast. I mean, it's just – it is it is very, very fun to watch. And I remember when they went first down to Gainesville, the first conference game, I said, we're going to kind of learn – you know, we're just going to kind of learn if this team is going to be – if it's going to be that long of a season that we're thinking it's going to be or if this team is at least going to put up some fight and, you know, be kind of one of those Frank Martin gritty teams. And, I mean, from that game on, as we obviously saw and we're seeing right now, this is a team that fights tooth and nail. And, I mean, South Carolina was, what, up 11, and they were down, and they were up, and they were down. I mean, the lead changes were nonstop. And, you know, South Carolina, again, found a way to hit the big shots, and they needed them. That's really all it came down to. So, 
kudos to Frank Martin. Kudos to Frank Martin and his staff. I mean, just – and kudos, obviously, to Chris Silva. This is definitely a Chris Silva podcast now. If it wasn't, if it wasn't clear before, this is certainly a Chris Silva podcast. So, there yeah. is a – there Chris is, Silva, we love you. Chris Silva, good God, man. I mean, just take over a game one time, why don't you? Absurd. Absurd. 11 of 12 from the field. 11 of 12. So, fantastic. Game game. But uh, South Carolina's next game, obviously, they travel to Stillwater to take on Oklahoma State on Saturday. 2 o'clock is the tip. Should be a lot of fun. We're going to, again, find out what South Carolina's – every game, I feel like, is a new opportunity for South Carolina to prove themselves. But I'm the thing I'm really happy about, Tom, is you kind of get – you kind of get an extended rest, if you will. I don't know about rest, but extended time to prepare after, you know, you go from Saturday, Tuesday. Now you have from Tuesday till Saturday to get ready. Um, crazy thing in this game is, too, Tom, we were talking about gambling earlier. South Carolina was an eight-point underdog. So, South Carolina has so one. The over in Gamecocks plus eight, and you made a lot of money tonight. Well, hey, here's the thing. I For our best bet, I gave over 155, and it hit, finished, it hit, it hit at 157. Chris Silva's – literally, Chris Silva's two free throws at the end won the over. So You'd love to see that. Dude, I'm – and here's the thing. I'm not even putting money on this. I, I'm not gambling in case anybody's wondering, but y'all might want to start listening to my best bets because I'm literally 4-1-1 one, and one since the beginning of the year. So I mean, You're better I'm than Clay saying, Travis is, and he gets paid to do this stuff. God, he's – no comment. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start charging $99 per season for my picks and then pick up 45%. Like, get out of here. Like, what are you talking about? He's, no, yeah. Nah, yeah. Of course. But, Larry the know, Goldfish did better than him. If you know, you know. But, yeah, that's just ridiculous. No, what I was going to say, though, is that it's crazy. South Carolina has won. They beat Florida when they were plus 11. They won straight up. And then tonight they were plus eight against Auburn. They won straight up. I mean, that's that's insane. That's absolutely insane. So, just wild. Um, all right, let's move into some football talk. John Scott Jr. hired as the defensive line coach for the Gamecocks. Um, he comes over from Arkansas, where I think he spent the last year or two as their defensive line coach. Tom, some mixed emotions uh, on the John Scott Jr. hire. Um, overall, what are your thoughts? Because overall, for me, I, you know, I was able to look him up. He's obviously his alma mater's Western Carolina. He has ties in the Carolinas. Um, but I know there were some fans that were looking at Marion Hobby and uh, some other – what was I think? Travis Jones was the other guy's name. I'm not 100% sure. But just some other names that fans were really interested in. Tom, what's your overall take on the uh, the John Scott Jr. hire and your overall feelings? Oh, I mean, I kind of – I can see both sides of the argument. You know, they're excited about the hire. He apparently has some really good recruiting bases throughout, you know, Georgia. I think Texas is one big area that South Carolina really hasn't recruited well in. And if he can – start getting over there and getting some recruits from that state. I mean, obviously getting Shallow Sanders there from Texas is one thing, but that's a, a well of recruits that we haven't really been able to get our hands on too. But if we can now with him being on the team and with him being on the you know coaching staff, that'd be great. I, I like the hire personally. I think he's a good coach. And from what I've seen, he's developed some mediocre players and having really good experience in the NFL. And play. I mean, when's the last time you heard of an offense, a, a defensive lineman out of Arkansas doing anything? I mean, it's kind of, you know, uh, I mean, there's have some good ones. You got Trey Flowers and Jatrick Wise in the NFL now. They're both playing for the Patriots. I know they are, but I don't think they play for him specifically. But obviously, I mean, anyway, I, I like the hire personally. I can, but I could just see the gripes and that he's an unproven coach. But he's only coaching D tackles. So, you know, you got to give him some slack when it comes to, you know, coaching. He isn't coaching the entire defense line. So I'm not as worried as I could be, but I like the hire. Yeah, I, I'm just not the kind of guy that's going to get 
overly upset about a defensive line coach hire. I mean, yeah. l- l- let me put it this way. Defensive tackles coach hire. Will, Will Muschamp knows more about defensive coaching than I do or that you yeah. do or than any of us do. Um, just a little bit of background because I'm just looking it up here. A little bit of background on John Scott Jr. He worked at Georgia Southern, Missouri State, Norfolk State, Western Carolina. He was in the NFL um, or spent some time at Texas Tech with Cliff Kingsbury. Was in the NFL for two years with the New York Jets. Um, was actually regarded apparently that Scott was when – he, when he was with Arkansas, he was with them from 2017 to just recently, obviously. They said he was one of the program's best recruiters on the defensive side of the ball. So – I mm. uh, said he recruited really well in, looks like, Georgia, South Carolina, so the Southeast. So, I mean, overall, it sounds like he's a pretty good recruiter, which I know Will Muschamp is everybody he brings yeah. on staff. Yeah. I think that you're kind of a requirement you have to be a good recruiter. Um, has ties to the area. And, again, from what I've heard from other people is that he's a really good young coach. It's really highly regarded everywhere he's been. So, I mean, a guy that's been to the NFL level, you know, I, I mean – he must have something. He's got to know what he's doing. He's got to know what he's doing. It. I think one of the things that was really telling, though, Tom, is he was signed to a one-year agreement, $435,000, but one-year agreement. So I think most of the assistants get – Is it year by year? Not, I'm pretty sure most of the assistants are signed year by year unless they're like an assistant head or like associate – not associate head coach, assistant head coach or like a coordinator. I think most of them are on one-year deals. Right, right. No, yeah, I mean, I just – I wasn't 100% sure on that. But, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not disappointed with the hire. I mean, I'm just kind of indifferent at this point. We'll just kind of yeah. wait and see and see what like, happens. I mean, I mean it's kind of how you have to take it with a guy like this, unless you get, like, Marion Hobby or one of those other guys that are more of a right. big name. When a guy is a, new, a newer – I'm trying to think of it. Like a, like a newer – not newer coach, but a newer – He's unproven. He's just unproven. Yeah, an, an unproven coach like that, you kind of have to wait and see what they're going to do. I mean – you have to look, do that with Kyle Krantz. I think he's more of a proven recruiter than Kyle Krantz is, but, I mean, you kind of just got to wait and see what happens now the coach their position group and how their play translates on the field. I mean, obviously we're not football coaches, and I don't think any of us know as much as Will Muschamp does or even probably what this new hire does, but I kind of just got to wait. Like you said, you kind of just got to wait and see what happens. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. Again, I, I trust Will Muschamp um, more than myself, more than anybody on Twitter, on social media, anything like that. He's going to hire the right guy. It's so funny. I agree with somebody I saw on social media basically say that fans are upset because they heard of two other names first and South Carolina didn't get them. But if those names were never on social media, nobody would even know who in the world any defensive line coach was. Yeah. So, I mean, what are you really upset about? So, I mean, overall, again, a young, fiery coach, a good recruiter, that's what Will Muschamp is looking for. And I really don't think he would bring in someone that he thinks is going to jeopardize the growth of his program. So, overall, again, I like his pedic- – go ahead. I was going to say basically the opposite of Lance Thompson. Right, exactly. I like his pedigree. He's a young, fiery coach. He has NFL experience. He's a guy, obviously, that is recruited well in the Southeast, Georgia and South Carolina primarily, which is what they are looking for. So, overall, I think we can say we're fairly, you know, pretty happy with the hire. And, like I said, only time will tell how it pans out. Um, Some other football news, recruiting news, actually, that happened tonight. Shiloh Sanders, three-star defensive back, and the son of Deion Sanders, a.k.a. Primetime, commits to the Gamecocks. He released an absolutely fire commitment video, Tom. I don't know if you actually watched it. Yeah, I got to say, it was pretty it nice. Was fire. It was Fuego. Um, he looks pretty crispy in that South Carolina jersey. But, yeah, I mean, just, you know, it, and let me just say this, because a lot of people are asking, is he a three-star, is he a four-star? Listen, it depends on what service you look at. I think he may have been a four-star on ESPN. But all you know, Under Armour All-American, 
Um, a guy that obviously has ability is the son of Deion Sanders. Um, and Tom, the thing that excites me about this commitment, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I haven't watched a ton of film on this kid. I did watch a little bit of him in the under under armor all American game. And obviously he's a kid with athletic, athletic ability and talent, but to me, the bigger impact of this commitment and this signing is just simply having a name like Deion Sanders' son, you know, having that yeah. type of star power <clears throat> in Columbia. I mean, you've already got Joe Horn's son on your football team as a defensive back. Now you're going to have Deion Sanders' son, which if you think Joe Horn is a big name. Deion Sanders, which, Deion, if you're trying to come on this podcast, we've got a spot for you. Um, yeah, like – Imagine having Deion, Sander, Deion Sanders on the sideline. Like, I don't care if this kid That's never really saying. does anything that meaningful. Like, Deion Sanders is going to be on South Carolina sidelines. Like, that like, only helps. That yeah. only helps South Carolina to have that type of star power supporting the program. And God forbid if his son does well. I mean, yeah. which, I mean, is not out of the question, obviously. The kid has talent. So, um, yeah, but having that kind of star power to me, just having that good positive buzz around the program, it's it's only a positive. I mean, I, I'm very, very excited about it as well. And, again, he's a good player. I mean, he's a guy yeah. that played in the Under Armour All-American game. Right, right. Played in the Under Armour All-American game. Um, a guy that has ability. And, I mean, you know, who knows how his career will play out. But I just think getting – like you said, getting a guy like Dion around the program, um, on the sidelines, just – he's on NFL Network all the time. That'd be great. It'll just be great publicity for the University of South Carolina and for Will Muschamp's program. I mean, if – if if South Carolina is not too good for Deion Sanders, kid, how is it good too good for anybody? So big facts, yeah. So absolutely. So other big football news that dropped today: Tyson Williams. And did we call it Tom, or did we yeah. call it Tyson Williams has entered the transfer portal? I mean, like I said, we called it. We talked about it last week with the hiring um, of Thomas Brown as running back coach. That we said we would not be shocked at all if one of the South Carolina running backs were to transfer. And the name that we consistently brought up was Tyson Williams. Tyson ends up putting his name in the transfer portal. I mean, Tom, you know, I, I wish the kid best of luck. I hate it didn't work out because he's a guy with a ton of talent. But I just think overall, maybe a guy that just saw the writing on the wall with Thomas Brown coming in. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is at this point. I think he's a good player, but it just never – the what he did at practice never just translated to the field. And, He's underperformed on game days, and that's just all there is to it. I mean, him or Rico, I really wouldn't have cared which other one transferred. It wouldn't have bothered me. But obviously one of them was probably going to be the odd man out in the rotation next year. So I guess we'll just be seeing you, bro. Thanks for coming to be a Gamecock for a couple of years. Yeah, and I, I want to say this, too, because a lot of people on social media were saying, like, oh, he was misused. Like, that's why he didn't do well. I don't think it had anything to do with that he was misused. I just genuinely think he was a head case. I think he was a guy that probably had all the ability in practice and just doing dry reps and stuff like that. But you get him on game day, and he was just never the guy we all heard about. And, I mean, I remember him specifically. I think it was the 2000 and – what was it? The 2017 spring game. He had gotten on campus. And I remember him making a cut in that spring game, and I was very, very excited. I thought Tyson Williams could be the next dude, the next big-time running back for South Carolina. And, I mean, it just – he was, he was never able to translate it from the practice field to the game field, to, to game day. He just, you know, so, I mean, you wish him best of luck. And I think he's a guy that just could never really get out of his own way. I don't think it's ever that he was misused. I think he got really every opportunity. I mean, but there was something that had to have gone on. And, I mean, you know, 
I'm interested. I'm interested to know: was it a conversation that Thomas Brown had with Tyson Williams, or was it Tyson Williams more so saying, "You know what? I don't really want to stick it out another year. I've graduated anyways." I mean, I'm just, I'm very curious as to what. We'll probably never know what the actual conversation was, but, um, yeah. I mean, all you can say is wish the kid best of luck, and sorry it didn't work out. But I, I definitely think that there was writing on the wall as far as these young running backs South Carolina has. And I think South Carolina is still trying to bring in a big-time running back if they can bring one in with this 2019 class. Because we've heard some rumblings of some different guys that Thomas Brown and the staff are going after. And it, it just, Tom, would not surprise me at all if, that, uh, if Thomas Brown and those guys were able to bring in another running back to compete. Because I think, you know, he, he talked about it when he got hired. There's been a lack of production from the position. I think, you know, I think they're very open to new guys kind of taking over the reins. Um, moving into just some other quick news and notes, Zach Pickens moves up 18 spots in the two, four, seven rankings, solidifying his five-star status. Tom, I don't think there's any surprise there. Um, at least, you know, I I really wasn't surprised. It was weird. I was like, I thought he already was a five-star, but apparently there's a different set of individual rankings versus the composite rankings, whatever. You'd probably know more about that than I would, but overall, I know a player that South Carolina fans we're already excited they got, and this just sort of solidifies Tom, you know, his um, his potential as a South Carolina Gamecock and what he could possibly be for South Carolina off the edge. No, I mean, I don't get how he wasn't a five-star before. Like you said, he's a freak of a player. He's going to be a guy who's going to be playing inside and outside for South Carolina's defense line for probably the first couple of years. I would think he moves more to a three technique if he puts some more weight, but if he decides to slim up, he could easily play DM. Kind of, a, I don't want to say a Melvin Ingram situation because I think he's a harder worker than Melvin Ingram was coming in, but yeah, he could just be, I mean, him and Ryan Holinsky and Cam Smith are either, if either three of those kids, if they were just in this class by themselves, will be headliners to talk about the next greatest South Carolina, but having all three of them in one class is just remarkable. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. I mean, you think about the 2019 class and just how it's shaping up, and there are definitely some program changers, some difference makers all over the board. So, as a Gamecock fan, you've definitely got to be very, very excited. Um, Finally, before we get off into our listener questions and get into our interview, um, definitely a final note, Jared Cook going to the Pro Bowl. He's taking Travis Kelsey's spot in the Pro Bowl. Um, Absolutely awesome, obviously, to see – a former Gamecock getting named the honor, going to the Pro Bowl. So that makes a couple now. What is it? Jared Cook. Well, I guess Stephon Gilmore is not playing. He was named to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, You still um, get the Pro Bowl recognition. But right, right. He was named to the Pro Bowl, Jadavion Clowney and Melvin Ingram. So um, some really, really good stuff. Always great to see those former Gamecocks, the former Gamecock greats, um, you know, get their recognition for sure. All right, let's get into some listener questions because there are definitely some good ones. Um, let's see. AJ Bowers underscore 11 new coach hired at defensive line position. I think it's a okay hire, but could have done better with the hire. I mean, you can always do better. You can always do worse. You can always do better. You can always do worse. That's what I'll say. I mean, did they get the absolute best candidate available? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know about all these defensive line coaches. Um, again, I just say this. If you're upset about it, do you know more about coaching defensive line than Will Muschamp does? Probably not. Right. Hold on. Hold on a second. I know this is completely off topic. Off topic. Off topic. Did you know that Dennis Daly signed with Little Wayne's like, um, what is it like, agency company? Like it's Young yep. Money, APA, A Sports. Dennis Daly signed. That's baller as hell. I actually. So I did see that. I forgot to bring it up though. That that is no. That is awesome. I, I love That's that. That's crazy. <laughs> but anyway, while, we're spe- while we're speaking on a. Uh, 
former Gamecocks and guys that are going to the draft signing. Did you see Debo Samuel's performance in the uh, right. senior practice today? Up. He was he was tearing it up today, no question. He was our our old buddy Rob Paul from our previous stop over at Armchair Americans. He still does their uh, their NFL draft coverage. I think he does kind of some individual NFL draft coverage on his own. And he had a lot of praise for Debo Samuel today. So very very. We might have to bring Rob back on. When we get closer to the NFL draft. I'd like to hear his uh, his thoughts on some of the Gamecocks in the draft. But anyways, all right, getting back to these questions. Um, Harris Williams, 03. Do you think we will make it to a super regional this year in baseball? Um, Harris, I will say right now, obviously I'm going to have my predictions coming up in a couple weeks here before the season gets started. But right now, I would say South Carolina is a regional team. I won't go as far as say they're a super regional team. I just think with the question marks right now, with the starting rotation, when you get into postseason baseball, depth in your pitching staff is very, very important. I think South Carolina – has a lot of depth in their bullpen, but I think their starting rotation right now, their their top three weekend guys, um, until they find out really who those guys are and who's going to step up. Again, right now, I think they're a regional team, but I think very well that that really it's funny that really is determined. Are you a super regional team? A lot of times, it's the luck of the draw where you land in the regionals. Because I mean, last year I think South Carolina had a very very good draw going to Greenville, playing East Carolina. So I. I think right now I feel very, very confident saying South Carolina is a regional team. I wouldn't even be surprised if they hosted. Are they a super regional team? We'll have to wait and see. I just think the pitching, if the pitching can prove themselves, I think absolutely they are, but we'll have to see. Um, Michael Mackey underscore five, when is the rivalry going to turn back in our favor? Hopefully very soon. (laughs) Hopefully very, very soon, Michael. That's all I'll say. Um, Obi-Wan Kanoa. What has led to the decline of USC baseball dominance? Um, I really just think one thing that people don't realize, and people say the decline of USC baseball dominance. Well, one, you had Chad Holbrook, who I don't think was a great fit for the job. I think the job is a little bit too big for him. But I think the other thing that people don't realize is that people don't realize, you know, that stretch South Carolina had from 2010 to 2012 where they won two out of three national championships, made three straight national championship appearances. People don't really – I think people take it for granted how great of a run that was because winning a national championship in any sport, but especially baseball, when you have to win as many games as you do, it's extremely difficult. You look back at those 2010, 2011, even the 12 team. Listen, not taking anything away from them because those teams were great, and great teams make their own breaks. But to win a title – you have to have breaks go your way. I mean, the the stars have to align a little bit, if if that makes sense. Look at the New England Patriots. The stars somewhat have to align, no matter how good you are. And, again, great teams do make their own breaks. But I think that, you know, that type of dominance we saw from South Carolina, I don't know if we'll ever see that again from anyone doing doing what South Carolina did. Um, I think Not South Carolina. We'll see that shit again as soon as Kingston gets this on track. And <laughs> back to the other question. Everyone knows, and I'm a baseball genius. We're going to the World Series, and we're going to win that BITCA. That's, that's the extent of Tom's baseball knowledge. No, but yeah, I, I definitely think Kingston's got us right or back on the right track. Um, and again, I think if you can build a program where you're going to the regionals or hosting regionals every year, you're going to the super regionals once every two to three years, and you're making a College World Series appearance once every three or four years, you have a very, very, very good program. Let's not get it twisted. Again, what South Carolina did from 2010 to 2012, 2012, unprecedented, to be completely honest with you. 
Um, Tom, this question is specifically for you, by the way. Um, Spencer B underscore seven. I feel like you might know who that is. I know who that is. Ask Tom how bad I embarrassed him during football practice. He will know. Okay. First of all, <laughs> I don't even remember. I don't remember the specifics of this practice, but I and he, was. And he, about, I mean, I need to mention, he put the eyes emoji, like looking, like he will know. Okay. Let's, let me break this down for everybody. We were running I – re, I don't remember the exact play call, and I'm, this could be off, but it, we were really running a counter let, play. Let, where everybody, I let everybody know who this is, by the way. Okay. I played football in high school. This is my friend Spencer. He was playing scout team, D-tackle or DN, whatever. I can't remember. He was lined up in front of me. So, I'm playing left tackle. He – we run a counter – it was either a counter tray where I pulled to the right side of the offense line to go upfield for a block – or it was this play called Texas right where I pulled for the opposite side defensive tackle from me. Well, I pulled, and he makes – I don't want to say he makes a good play, but he just basically, like, runs behind me and pushes me in, in my back into the ground. And, like, our head coach, like, lost his crap over and thought it was the greatest play of all time, but he really just pushed me in my back and knocked me on the ground. And then the next play, I pancaked him onto his head when it was a head-up block. So, that's what he thinks is <laughs> hilarious, but it's not that funny. Um, literally like flipped him on his head the next play, but he doesn't like talking about that. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, all right, Hunter Team says, what's going on with all these players transferring? Should we be concerned? No. Uh, no, I, I think, Tom, it's more so players are just seeing the writing on the wall. I mean, you look at the guys that have transferred. Um, one of the other ones, I didn't mention him, that he, he announced he was transferring was, I believe it was yesterday. It was defensive back Jalen Foster. Um Listen, I think a lot of the guys that are announcing transfer, and it's not to take anything away from them. We don't appreciate them any less than other Gamecocks that gave their blood, sweat, and tears to the program and all that good stuff. But I just think there are guys, obviously, in every single program that see the writing on the wall. They want to play. Kids that go to college football, they want to play. Yeah. Kids that play college sports, they want to play. So they're going to go wherever they have the best opportunity to do that. And I think, you know, you see the type of players that South Carolina is bringing in. And it's no secret that when Will Muschamp got to South Carolina, the roster wasn't great. And it's no secret that the players that Will Muschamp is bringing in now, listen, South Carolina might not have the number one ranked recruiting class, but they're bringing in way better players than they have when he got here. So some of those guys that are still left from those teams, I think are just honestly, they're seeing the writing on the wall. I mean, a guy like a Jalen Foster, for example, I don't know what year he is. I think he was probably like a junior but he's not going to play over Cam Smith, the true freshman, even though he's a true freshman. He, it's just not. Like, they're bringing in guys of a different talent level. So, I mean, it's – I don't think it's anything to be concerned about. And if you look across the country, every single program has guys transferred. Literally before I came on the podcast, Nick, Nick Starkle from Texas A&M, he announced he's transferring, the quarterback. So, I mean, it, it happens at every single college football program. I don't think it's a huge issue at all. And it's not like South Carolina is losing – Again, no offense, but it's not like they're losing major, major contributors from last year's team. That it's, no, it's really... not like Jake Bailey transferred. Right, exactly. It's not like Brian Edwards is transferring or Shai Smith is transferring or anybody else like that or Josh Van, whoever. Um, so, no, I think you should be you should feel fine. It's no big deal. Um, let's see. Stokes underscore Hewley basketball. Will we make the postseason? And if so, NIT or the big dance? Crazy, we're even having this conversation after yeah. a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks ago, um, right now, I'm gonna predict. I'll say we'll make the postseason. I think South Carolina will be the NIT. I think South Carolina. It's way. I just think it's way too much to ask or say this team's gonna make the NCAA tournament. Just way too much. But I think after the way you started, I would be ecstatic with the NIT. So, 
I would be absolutely ecstatic with the NIT. Yeah, I mean, I think I think NCA like March Madness would be like insane. really great, and that'd be, be insane. insane. But I think NIT a high NIT NITC is just more likely. Yeah, no, it'd be insane for sure. Um, let's see, we have. We have some listener questions. As, not duh, we have some listener. We have some listener voicemails, excuse me. Um, let's get to these really quickly. Um, let's see. Okay, this one's pretty long, but we're going to play it anyways. Yes, hi. Um, my name is Vision Poor. I live in Florence, South Carolina, and I am a Game Rock fan. And I just have a concern. We have Ryan Hillskin, a four star quarterback, and we have to carry on to Obviously, both these quarterbacks are very talented. They can be dynamic in the pocket. They can be dynamic on the run. But we also have our senior quarterback, Jake Bentley. Now, when Bentley goes, what should we do? Should we start Hiltzkin or should we start Joyner? It's uh, very complicated because I know Hiltzkin is more of a uh, dynamic quarterback. He can run and he he can also pass. But Joyner, he can... He's very good on passing play. Uh, I, I could see that on the Chattanooga game. Uh, I see that he could run. He was more comfortable with running than he was passing. And I think that we just maybe kind of switch joining around to maybe a different position. I feel like that was better off. But um, it all depends. But I just want to get what you think about it. And then also basketball. Uh, 4-0 in men's SEC conference. I think that as long as we keep our streak going, I feel like that our way to March Madness is going to be clean and uh, clean and uh, slick. It won't, we won't have any bumps in the road, but I think the biggest thing that we mostly need on both on all squads is a um, leadership. And I feel like that basketball we have that the most, and baseball uh, haven't really got too much on baseball. But I feel like baseball it'll surprise us here. Thank you. All right, thank you for the voicemail. Like I said, it was kind of long, so apologize about that. Um, I mean, the first well, thing I got, I have to, the first thing I have to say, Ryan Hillskin. I mean, just, Hillskin. Yeah, I don't know who this Hillskin is. <laughs> Come on, I, didn't figure I had it to out say something. Ryan, Ryan Hillskin. Uh, that, that was funny. That made me laugh. I tried to hold it in. Basically, he's saying that we have Jake Bentley. Um, he says that both Ryan Ryan Hillskin and Dakarion Joyner are both very dynamic guys, both passing and running the ball. Um, from what I can tell, what he said basically is that how should South Carolina use those two guys after Jake Bentley leaves? And I, I think the answer is, listen, I think Ryan Holinsky, unless something drastic happens, something we are not seeing happens, he's going to be your starter. Um, and I think, yeah. you know, I, I don't – I'm not 100% sure what's going to happen to Carrion Joyner. Is he going to be willing to stick it out? Is he going to be willing to change positions? I honestly don't know. So – um, I think that's only going to be something that's solved in time. But, you know, overall, we'll just kind of have to see. So, um, man, this is a long one, too. This is a really long one. Guys, please don't leave us three-minute voicemails. It's just so long. All right, we'll go through this one a little bit. Less, like, yeah. Little. yeah, no offense. Just please try to not leave us three-minute voicemails. All right, we're going to go through this one a little bit. I'll at least get kind of the main points in the beginning. Um, yeah, all right, here we go. Yes, hi. Um, I was watching the last podcast, and where you said the Gamecocks are going to lose some of the next um, SEC play, 
Listen, I'm a diehard Gamecock fan. I love the Gamecocks as much as they do. I'll support them as much as I can. My family does. We try to do as much as we can. But personally, I think that we need that we, not we need, but we are going to win. We're going. We're going to keep on winning. I feel like that we might have a couple of games where we lose to very closely. But I think. Okay, so I just realized it's the same kid. And we lost LSU. So. All right. <laughs> yeah, we lost LSU. I mean, it's whatever at this point. Okay. All right. All right. Good deal. All right. We, we yeah, we get the rest. Um. All right. Now here's here we go. This is a funny one, Tom, because this is one of your old friends, your old colleague, your old nemesis calls in once again. The old Titans fan calling in again. Can't wait to hear it. What's up, fellas? This is Mike again. Unfortunately, the Patriots had to pull it off. Of course, I, pr- I knew they would, but I didn't want to believe it. But the NFL should be just absolutely embarrassed for the officiating this weekend. Uh, of course, the Saints-Rams games, but the Pats-Chiefs game was a very uh, also horrible game of officiating as well. I didn't know if it was fixed or not. It just looked we- real suspect in the calls that were being made. And so Whatever, bro. I have this one question. Do you think they should change the, or add the rule that you should be able to challenge or look back at a flag that's being called? Because I definitely no. feel like that's something that the game, college, and NFL has needed for a while, but it's just not being added. So I definitely think that that should be added. And unfortunately, I have to also give Tom his prop, his props. Brady is the GOAT. I kind of figured after overtime, it was kind of going to go to whoever gets the ball first. And the Patriots got it first. So, of course, uh, Brady took it. But they, y'all definitely going to have Mahomes to deal with in, in a, a couple of seasons. So, I ain't worried about that. But uh, glad to talk to y'all fellas again. Ready for y'all show on Wednesday. I think the Titans will also have Mahomes to deal with. Yeah, the Titans <laughs> are also in the AFC douchebag. But um, I'm just kidding. You're not a douchebag. I love you, Michael, or whatever your name is. I can't remember. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, we appreciate the, the voicemail I'll, as always. But, um, I mean, I can just address this, I guess. I mean, do I think that the rules should be adopted to where you can review penalties? No, because I think it will take a million years to do that. Now, it, it would add a lot of unnecessary stuff to the game. I agree with the way it is now. If the penalty is something like roughing the passer or one of those other penalties that can get – or targeting that can get you ejected from the game, review that and make sure that's right because that's a big difference in the game. But something like – that pass interference call, I mean, that's a once in a couple of years thing. That doesn't happen often. They're never going to miss a penalty like that again in their lives. But should they review every penalty that's called? No, absolutely not. It would take way too much time. I, I, the only thing I'll say about this is, like, maybe – I don't know that you should be able to challenge penalties necessarily, but I think they should have a guy up top – like. There should be another set of eyes that's kind of like sitting up top in the booth or something, or kind of watching the TV broadcast. and be like, "Hey, like that was obviously a penalty," like or or "Hey, that wasn't as good of like that wasn't as bad as you thought it was. You didn't have the best look at the penalty because, I mean, the technology has gotten to the point where it's better than the officiating the officiate the officials' eyes. You know what I mean? Like the 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 I technology mean, is so much better. Now, I'm not even talking about. I'm talking more about a Saints game. I mean. To, to miss a call that egregiously, I'm not a Saints fan by any stretch of the imagination, but to miss a call that badly, I mean, I, and I, the thing I agree with you, Tom, is that I don't want to start challenging penalties because I think the game would get slowed down because 
you could challenge almost every penalty. Like it's kind of like the old adage, like you can call holding on every play if you want to, because there's there pretty much is holding on every play in football. Yeah. But like plays like that, I mean, that is so bad. Maybe you like one challenge a game on like a no call or a call that you think's I, wrong. I mean, maybe maybe just one a game, and it can only use it like the fourth quarter. They, I'll tell you this: they have got to do something because. They, they've got to do something. I mean, you just when you have penalties that affect the game Stuff in that like manner, yeah. When you have penalties that affect the game in that manner, it's just you have got to change up something because, you know, I mean, you've seen the way the New Orleans has reacted. They're like literally suing the NFL, and just it's crazy, man. It's absolutely wild. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think you probably, Michael. I feel like you probably feel about the same way as I do as a Panthers fan, helpless. So. Welcome to the club, bud. <laughs> I don't even know yeah, if the Panthers so is going to play next season. So, who knows? Go pick up Nick Foles. That's what I say. Um, other than that, Tom, I think that's pretty much it as far as, you know, news, notes, all that other good stuff. Anything else you think we may have missed? Um, uh, Gamecocks beat Missouri. And the women's team beat Missouri. Oh, yeah. Women's team did beat Missouri. Sophie Cunningham goes down. It was actually a really uneventful game because South kind of blew them out so badly. Um, but yeah, mean, nice to see Don Staley and the crew get the big dub, obviously, over. Um, Missouri so, starting point guard, Matt Shamil and Bubble. So, I mean, she didn't slide my oh, DMs. Oh, man, yeah. No, that was – and that was all over Twitter. Apparently, I, I don't know if she was just matching with many people or, like, trying to there's, talk crap. Like, I, that's I mean, I don't know. Thing, so. I don't know why she would do that. Like, yeah, that's weird. She found weird, but I don't know. Very, very strange. And apparently she said on somebody's Bumble that she was going to – her and that other girl were going to blow a kiss to the student section, which well, I, that probably I didn't, didn't see any confirmation that it did happen, and I highly doubt Probably because they were getting their brains beat in, but – Right, for sure. So. She threw up an egg on the – she also scored zero points. The girl who <laughs> right. oh, that was pretty funny. Yeah, delete your account. <laughs> You've been exposed. Delete your account. Oh, man. All right, yeah, no, I think that's pretty much it. Like I said to you before in the pre-show time, today was a news dump. It was crazy. We came into, we came off of the, uh, the, the, the MLK holiday. Not really a whole lot happened, and today it was just like everything literally came out so, or, uh, or just happened. So crazy, crazy news day today, crazy news over the past week. But the big important thing is the Gamecocks are hot in SEC play. Um, and everything feels pretty good in Gamecock country. Not going to lie, baseball season coming up soon. We've got a fantastic interview also lined up for you. Tom was able to sit down with Reagan Freeman of French Drinking Ticket. If you've never heard of them, you've probably heard of Drinking Ticket before. It is a parody account of the Drinking Ticket account. French Drinking Ticket on social media, on Twitter, I think almost has about 6,000 followers. Reagan Freeman is the the brains, the CEO, the the operations behind French Drinking Ticket. And it's a hilarious, hilarious account. I mean, Tom Tom can probably tell you even a little bit more than I am. It's very, very popular within the student body at South Carolina. I actually saw a feature on them in the, I believe it's the Garnet and Black magazine, Tom. Is, yeah. that, is that right? Yeah, exactly. saw a huge feature on them. Um, so French Drinking Ticket, very, very popular in the streets. You can follow them at French Ticket, which I'm sure you covered, Tom, in the interview. But before we get in the interview, it is an interview presented to our by our friends over at SeatGeek. Just because college football is over doesn't mean there's not stuff to go to. Obviously, you've got college basketball season, NHL, the NBA, the Super Bowl coming up. If you're trying to go down to Atlanta for that, obviously, we're not too far away. Tom, if you're trying to go to the Super Bowl, which I know your broke ass ain't, um, yeah, <laughs> but if you're trying to go to the Super Bowl with baseball season coming up as well, there's concerts, comedy club events. Any type of events, anything that requires a ticket, use our friends over at SeatGeek. Download the SeatGeek app. 
Use our promo code SPURSUP. Again, that's S-P-U-R-S-U-P, all one word. We keep it very simple for you guys. If you use that promo code, you're going to get $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek is the best ticket buying app, in my opinion. They actually have a ticket rating system, which they rate the tickets from if you're getting a very, very bad deal, which will show like a, a red meter, versus if you're getting a really good deal, which will show a green meter. Again, the best ticket buying app. They keep it super simple for you guys. And in my opinion, they have the best prices without, without a doubt. Ticket buying used to be complicated and confusing. Not anymore with SeatGeek. Again, download SeatGeek. Use that promo code SPURSUP, and you're going to get $20 off your first purchase. All right, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Enjoy this interview with Reagan Freeman of French Drinking Ticket. Hello, welcome to the interview portion of the Spurs Up show. I know you guys hate that you're hearing my voice and not Chris and how terrible I am at recording, you know, the interviews, but <laughs> we have a great interview here for you guys. We have the creator of French Drinking Ticket, Reagan Freeman. Reagan, how are you doing? Good today? to see you, man. Glad to be here. Glad to have a good time with you. Ready to talk. Yeah, so, so let's get, let's just get into it. Look, well, <laughs> just to give our listeners a little background, you know, where are you from? Sure. You know, how, I, where are you, what are you doing right now? What's going on in your life? I'm from Clinton, South Carolina. I just graduated in December, actually. I am in the process of hopefully going to law school here in the fall. So I've been in Columbia a decent amount of time since about 2014. Mm. Yes, I love love Carolina. So wait, so. so you this is not a great thing to say, but you would have never been a student when South Carolina beat Clemson. No, football. never have. Okay, well, hopefully that doesn't happen for me because I've even made a bet for $100 that Carolina's going to beat Clemson about 14 next year. After the National Championship game, that's not looking too great for me. But, hey, man, go Gamecocks. I mean, you never know, Scott, but one of my questions was how are your first day of classes? I don't think you had classes. I'm sure they went well. I'll think back to my last semester. They were real good. So we'll replay a crown Okay, well, so let's get into it. For those of you who don't know, French French. Drinking ticket, if I can that's get my words right, was created by Reagan. I'm pretty sure on that. Yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> I, I hope so. Yeah, man, I mean, I'm, he's I... he runs it. Some hilarious stuff. You've never seen it. He got in this big fight with the dude who made drinking ticket. You know, I don't really care about the dude. His Twitter accounts, whatever. I, it's I, it was hilarious. But w- what made you create the account? Sure. So some background. I don't know your listenership, but uh, for folks who don't know, drinking ticket is a Twitter account by Alex Wally, and I can say his name. This is, he's a public figure. Um, I, at least I hope so. I hope I don't get sued again. But uh, <laughs> um, he runs this Twitter account and has about 80,000 followers, and he created it when he was a student, which was a decent amount of time ago. Um, and he created it uh, basically to let folks know where cops were in five points. Um, you know, I, I, and now it's sort of transitioned into basically, effectively, and I think you can agree with me on this, it's letting 18-year-olds know where to get the cheapest liquor. Yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's that, and I would think that it's just telling kids, like, if you're underage and you're going downtown, this is where you need to go, yeah. and, and this, this is where you don't need to go. And this is very much like a very, like, student thing yeah. at Carolina. And what's so interesting is, um, he not only does that, <laughs> folks... He also does the thing where he just likes to tweet things that aren't really true or verified or have any uh, substance of fact or whatnot, which is really how I uh, kind of made the account. So uh, it was during the hurricane back in October, and uh, he had tweeted something out that classes were going to be canceled the next day or something, and then we had never gotten the Carolina alert. Yeah. I thought that was real suspect. 
Uh, and then fast forward like four hours later, we're still not getting the Carolina alert. Let us know classes are canceled. And then we get one saying it's a gone at noon. And that just something about that. It wasn't the first time he'd done that, but it was just a series of him tweeting things that weren't true, yeah. deleting it, and not having any content. Because I feel like something that he does a lot is just like not verify. He'll take random students DMing him things to take as a whole truth and be like, "It's probably true." I'm just going to tweet it and exactly. hope this works out. And and I don't think he understands the. Uh, impact of 80,000 people. A lot of folks I know have his, or used to at least, had notifications on for his Yeah, because you want to know. Because he, he likes to market himself, or at least did. I've, I've been blocked for months, so I don't know what he's doing now. But he likes to market himself, maybe not as a journalist, but they market themselves in news. They like to let folks know what's yeah. going on in Columbia. And when you're trying to just be first, you're going to get things wrong, right? And I don't want to detour yeah. too far into like ethics, but you want to make sure the things you're saying is true. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what I decided to do is I decided to basically call this guy out. I, uh, I made a pair Twitter account, and I just thought that the easiest form of satire would just to put a French accent on it. Uh, and he uh, didn't like that, to say the least, listeners. He uh, he didn't like it enough to threaten me with a lawsuit. Uh, he found out who I was. The account was anonymous, uh, and he found out who I was, uh, probably because I would just... Uh, any woman who asked me who I was, I was going to give him my at, because I'm shameless. But uh, that's probably how he found out. And um, when he did, he... Uh, I got word from one of my friends that he was going to try to reach out to me. And I knew, you know, this guy in the text to these people had said things like, you know, I'm going to, you know, <laughs> get him expelled. I'm going to recommend expulsion. I'm going to say report on academic integrity. Somebody got it wrong and thought that I was a law student at the time. Um, and so that he goes, I'll report him to the bar. You know what I'm saying? I don't have the text on me right now, but it was effectively saying things like, you know, he doesn't need to mess with me. And he's trying to destroy your career for you. Absolutely. He's trying for no to, reason. for no reason. And I think that, as dumb and as funny as it is, because I think the accounts, my accounts, pretty it's funny. Hilarious. I think that something can be said about locally a pretty powerful person taking their platform and utilizing it to like, quell the dissent. You know what I'm saying? He was trying. I don't remember this for a fact, but I was pretty sure he was trying. He tried to bash you on Twitter like multiple he did, times. Yeah. And it was just like, bro, you're getting this triggered over a Twitter troll, and, and like, and we got to remember he is 27 years old. Yeah, though, like so he's that's, graduated that's for a minute. Um, important. I, I think his birthday's coming up, so we'll watch for those yeah. tweets. Those are going to be good tweets. But uh, but anyway, so that whole thing happened, and the university kind of rallied around me, uh, which is awesome. I, I, it's funny stuff, right? And I think it's important for folks to realize, you know. They're just trying to be funny, and nobody should yeah. have their you know career taken down, you know. But I I basically maintained the account, and so we're just kind of funny, just kind of making fun of things that happen in Colombia, uh, and obviously. Recently, there's been some funny things happening yeah. in Columbia and Carolina. So, <laughs> well, I mean, just for our listeners, did, he ended up—he never ended up yeah. actually like suing you, did he, he? He threatened me, and I put it all out on Twitter and made it explicitly clear to everyone that you know yeah. it's possible that in the next two days I could get suspended if he reports me academic integrity. It wouldn't have any basis. What but ground? I, like, also, what even grounds could he? He assumes a bullying and harassment, right? And so, before I talked to anybody. I didn't know. And so I wanted, basically what I did was I made it all public and I let every single person who followed me know this is how Alex Wally operates. This is what he does. And this is what he's going to try to do to quell the sin. And that was incredibly powerful. And I think that he didn't expect the, the pushback. Right? There's something on the internet called the Streisand effect. Have you ever heard of this? No. So Barbara Streisand like, bought a house and uh, <laughs> a photographer came up and like took photos of her house like from the air. And she didn't want photos of her house getting out so she tried to sue the photographer. And as soon as she did that, those photos that he took showed up everywhere else on the internet, right? So in attempting to silence me, if he hadn't have touched me, I don't think I think I just would have gone away. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it he wouldn't have blown up to the no. point he did if he wouldn't have attacked you back. <laughs> he for made no it reason. fifteen thousand times worse for himself. Yeah. And I think that at the end of the day, as dumb as all of this is, I think it, it tells an important story, right? Like this guy 
Um, there's a problem in Five Points, right? Like a lot of yeah. folks, alcohol poisoning, like a lot of things going on. I'm not a member of the temperance movement, but I think it's important that we have these conversations. And maybe in some dumb roundabout way, we're having them, and we realize that we've ceded a lot of uh, social power in a way to people like Alex Wally. And so it's kind of good to kind of bring him back down to size. Well, I think um, we would be remiss to say that, that there probably has been an exchange of money between him and Barr saying if you tweet out the will. You tweet out our cover, our specials for tonight, and give people to come to us. We'll pay you for it. And I would be, I'm not even like that's like well, he's going to sue you. Watch that's out, he's going to century for me. Like I just randomly um, thought that's not something I, I've ever thought before. I, you know, I don't, I don't want to, uh, you know, theorize too much. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure he has ownership stakes, or at least he's been paid to do social media before. And we haven't even talked about the fact that this man owns the frat lot, which is a whole he whole owns the frat lot, or he at least uh, does media. I'm sorry, so he might do social media for it, but he, he helps run the Twitter account that helps that go on. Because I know, know you've always tweeted the uh, things like with jokes about the frat lot. So I never really got it. I just I know I've seen well, see, tweets about the frat lot. I'm, I'm too lame to be in a frat, so yeah, I, he, I am too. But for the listeners who are unaware, basically they're charging extreme amounts of money. Oh, for Guys, it's uh, yeah, like it's, ridiculous, and it, it, it's it's a whole dumb thing. Yeah, um, but he's—I don't want to say he's the owner. I don't want to get my information wrong uh, because I'm not Alex Wally. Um, but I, I definitely know he's involved, and it's all these things, right? He yeah. definitely uh, does get paid to promote things, and I don't think he understands the ramifications of those things. Well, and, like if you promote, you know, two dollar liquor drinks or whatever it is. Kids are going to see that and be like, two-dollar liquor drinks. I'm going DT. Yeah, I'm going yeah, DT, yeah. and I'm going to get torn up. <laughs> With my crayon fake, right? Yeah. To the, you know, one, <laughs> then they go to the hospital and yeah. get, you know, probably maybe get an MIP yeah. or I mean, dude, there's, there's been a public drunk or whatever massive else. rise in intoxications. And yeah. like, like, it's, it's bad. And I think that we should really look at the facts as to why that is, right? So I think, I'll tell you, I think there's three issues, right? I think the fact that if you want to go macro to, you know, small, um, the fact that USC doesn't get funded by the state, so there's no money yeah. uh, to pay things, so they raise tuition, and they want to try to Big go for folks right who are out of state right now, right? And so they can pay the full tuition. These folks come in. I think that when you're coming in to maybe party, you're more susceptible to maybe getting fakes. Fakes are super easy to get. Yeah, I know folks who... F- 50 yeah, bucks if you have three friends. I, I, know, I know folks who got them, like, two for 20, and they scan. You know, they're, they they're come in from, like, smuggled China, like, coming to the bottom of lamps, right? So that's another problem, the ease of the fakes. And I think that the, the easiest thing to solve is how easy it is to go downtown, right? And I think that Waldy is sort of like the the figurehead for that. Or at least he was. I mean, again, this has been a couple of months, and I think I kind of beat him, right, uh, in a way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of what, what was going on. And, and I think that in, in a roundabout way, we kind of gave uh, or showed the hypocrisy of that. And I think it's been pretty good. And it's also been pretty funny, folks. You should check yeah, it out. Yeah, I mean, his Twitter um, is hilarious. It's at French Ticket. At French Ticket. Yeah, I mean, it's, right, it's yeah. absolute comedy. I think it was a Russian ticket one time or something. Uh, I don't know. A lot There's of, been, a lot none of them have blown up to the point to which no, French Ticket. Those, those are all copycats. The so, real one, the real okay. one's French Ticket. So uh, moving on so. with this, you know, why do you have such an obsession, sexual, some would say, with baguettes? Uh, okay, I don't know about that. Um, no, it's, it's so you take a character, right? And so I think it, when you think of a Frenchman, like a stereotypical one, especially, you can. <laughs> it's just real easy. So you think of a Frenchman, you yeah. think of like that, that, Vegas, that, that the horizontal black shirt, uh, a very small mustache, the beret for the hat, and then a baguette, and like those are the 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 ingredients, so to speak. And yeah. you can really kind of mix that up. And because that's so easy to get. It's very simple to do good satire. See what I mean? So like I can, if I put in a French accent and I put a photo of Alex Baldi in a mustache with a beret on, folks are going to laugh. And I think I want to hope that while they're laughing, they're going, "Wow, you know, this guy 
you know what I'm saying? Like, we understand why he's being made fun of. And that's kind of what yeah. I'm going after. So that's that's sort of why it's it's like that. Give you a serious answer to a funny question. So <laughs> well, weird, so. no. Do you, do you actually speak French? No, I, I actually, I, I, I am of the sound opinion that I shouldn't have taken the three semesters of Spanish. They should have counted this as my foreign language. They really but, should have. Uh-huh. One would imagine. But, you know, th- this university. That was the big else. thing. I was like, this kid might be like French or something. Yeah. And that's be like, yeah, why? I am, just, that's the joke. Dude. Listeners, I am the palest man in America. I do not speak French, unfortunately. I so. think you're one, I'm two, but all. How many times do you think you use Han Han in the average day? I don't do it speaking, but all my tweets, there it's always Slayer. there. So that's, you know. So, you know, okay, let's let's move on sure. from the the French drinking tickets. We got to talk it's, about it's the, the, the the Gamecock Civil War you know, that's going on. We gotta, yeah, it's terrible. We Can I recap it? Is, is there, do you want to do it? It's, it's I was just going to, you know, say, I was just going to say, for those who don't know, the marketing team at USC for social media, I, I think this is how it is. Thought it'd be a good idea to spend. To, to, listen to this guy, two hundred and eighty thousand dollars. Is make that the it. official price? That's what I've seen. Two eighty and two forty. Oh so God. either way, that's a lot of cash. I mean, it makes sense why my tuition keeps going up. Not calling anybody <laughs> out, but um, two hundred eighty thousand dollars to make a new logo for University Social Media. I mean, if you can just go off about it if you want. Yeah. To. So I I just realized this happened. Uh, like late last week, actually, I, I I guess I must have missed this. So if I understand, basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to consolidate their marketing, right? So I'm sure anybody who's listening to this has seen it maybe on social media because there's two debates going on. Or really one, they're talking about changing USC's branding to U of SC. Um, and folks, if you get a chance, we're going to be talking about the visual. So, but it just says U of SC. It's it's garnet and it's a white text and it's in this font. Um, I hate this. <laughs> I, I, hate I, it too. I think this is the worst thing I've ever seen. And, you know, there's a big debate going on about USC versus USC. And I think that it is the dumbest thing in the world to try to rebrand USC to USC, right? I, I just, that I, point. No, and it, what are you thinking of, right? Like, we, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Your entire fan base doesn't like this, right? No. People older than us. Everyone thinks it's stupid. Yeah, but people that older than us have grown up. And unless you are from Southern California, if you're talking about the Gamecocks, you're going to say USC, yeah, right? There's nothing to and, it. And context is king here. If they assumed that they could roll out this thing and, and everybody was going to be cool with it, I think they did it wrong. You know what I'm saying? I think they they started the debate where they didn't even need to have it. You know what I'm saying? What they should have done is, if they would have just slowly rolled out a new logo and not even drawn attention to it, we wouldn't be talking. You know what I'm saying? We wouldn't have had no conversation. But instead, they've made it this huge thing. And and what really I think is, is upsetting people is they're not just doubling down. They're like tripling and quadrupling down. Yeah. Um, and they're they're making it seem like that if you don't like this, you're you know a troglodyte who lives in 1945, yeah. right? And I don't think that's true, man. I think that you can, you can like dude, the Twitter account is at U of SC, yeah. right? Like that you can do this, and you can, <laughs> you can you can switch the brand, you can make a new logo, but it doesn't have to be as boring as this is. Like no, they could have done so many other absolutely, things. Absolutely, man. It's just, I just it's get, miserable. You just spend, and I don't. I don't understand. The, the company who charged them two hundred eight thousand. They're not even from South Carolina. They're from Ohio. Yeah. So um, this random company that's never probably been to South Carolina knows anything about the state, the history of the state, mm-hmm. anything like that is making your brands for you. That's where I'm just confused. And I saw this point on Twitter, and I completely agree. You have Justin King on staff yeah, on your payroll, right? One of the dudes who's the best when it comes to social media, yeah. you know, designing videos, mm-hmm. graphics, anything you need. And his entire design team 
why not give them a knock and ask them what they can do? You think, and I understand like athletics and academics are separate, but it's still the same brand. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like one of these things being changed means that the entirety of Gamecock Twitter, and I can assure you Gamecock forums and anything else, they're going to talk about this. And when your entire base gets upset and you have a resource like that and you're not using it, I just think it's it's a mistake, and I think it's a major misstep, right? Now, I don't want to speak bad about these people. I know the, the woman who runs the Gamecock Twitter account, or USC's Twitter account. She's phenomenal, right? Their social media is typically top Yeah, off. it was killer. Um, and, and it, but, but this is just such a major, major misstep, because if looking at this, this is the most boring thing I've ever seen. Yeah. This, <laughs> we are talking about this off mic, this makes me think of... Like a like a Silicon Valley startup, like like Uber for dogs or something. It's very nondescript. For some reason, it makes me think of Winthrop. I don't know it why. Looks like someone paid a hundred bucks for a random designer Absolutely. in California. Absolutely, I, I made a parody of this, the Han Han, the French yeah. lab, and I did Han Han. I had to go and download the font, and then I put it in a red background, and that's all I did. Right? It took me fifteen minutes tops. And there's a really great video on Twitter of some graphic designer doing that and showing how easier it is to make it. And you know, the rollout itself was incredibly incredibly dumb you know when they tweeted this out they go you know new year new us and the photo they have is is of the logo just the u of sc yeah. two columns like a square um it wasn't even the correct color you know I, when i made mine i did like the hex code to see the correct garnet theirs is more of like a stanford red if you go back to the tweet it's just it's <laughs> what's what is going on it just right? makes me like it's, so mad to think about because there's so much other stuff they could be doing with two hundred eight thousand dollars absolutely and it's i mean the money's gonna have to come from somewhere and obviously I mean, I I know things, and I know that the state's budget only like ten percent of it is dedicated mm-hmm. to funding higher ed, and that's just not that's not just South Carolina. I mean, that's Clemson, South Carolina State, what other public school you want to talk about. But I mean, this money's coming out of our pockets, whether or not you like it. And I think that, that there's tuition that I'm paying and my family's paying that goes towards random crap like this is ridiculous. Absolutely, and you know, this is just a bad branding. It's boring. Yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like it doesn't. No look one good. is ever going to call. The University no. of South Carolina at U of S. I, I will never in my life be in a conversation with like, oh, U of S, nobody's going to say no, it. No, not even a little bit. And, and to try to make that the debate, right? Like, I think they, they fell flat on the start, right? They they tweeted this out, and, and they started this debate because they're making it seem like, you know, we're we're the, uh, the, the backwards people because we want to say USC. I just think it doesn't make sense. I was tweeting... Uh, uh, Connor Tapp earlier today, yeah. or I'm sorry, it might have been somebody else, but uh, I was like, you know, I love our fight song where we go, you know, U of SC, go. Con-. No, that's not. That doesn't sound the same. Do you really think that on game day, you're in the middle of Williams Rice, you're in the student section? Do you really think that anybody in that building is going to say U of SC? Go no, well, because it runs out of syllabus. <laughs> even their marketing thing was the most like garbage excuse Absolutely. for it. Mm-hmm. Because they say, "Oh, it's a marketing thing." You You're know, not rebanding. Like no one at US, no one here that's yeah. from the state, or even people that come in from the state have ever called it U of SC. No. Nobody looks up U of SC. No. If they're looking for the University of South Carolina, they'll either type University of South Carolina mm-hmm. or USC Columbia right. stuff like that. You know, I you know, and I just it is a misstep, and I, I can understand they're trying to consolidate brands, right? But but to make that the debate. You completely fell off, right? Yeah. And in a more pedantic sense, the font itself is just boring. Yeah. You know, one it's... side of the U is much thicker than the other. It doesn't look like a regal institution. We're supposed to be the flagship institution of South Carolina. Like, we are the institution, the University of South Carolina. Yeah. And this makes us look like a second-tier middling college. You know what I'm saying? It, like, basically, it, they just admitted, you know, you, the University of Southern California is better than us. It's yeah, what they I, have admitted in this, and it's not true. And it, it's such an annoyance because, you know... South Carolina was a state before California. Mm-hmm. South Carolina was a school before California Absolutely. was a state. There's all the different arguments Carolina fans can make about USC being the real USC. I mean, even if you look on Barstool, you know, Southern Cal, whatever it is, 
You know, they tweeted out three different things, and everyone voted the act that the University yeah, of the South Carolina right. yeah, was right. actually, you know, the real USC, and that's from the University of Southern Cal's yeah. Marshall Twitter. And account. so it shows. I mean, we. I mean, people know who we are, and know that people call it and, USC. And it seems like such a cop out to just yeah. seed that. Like that's such a big thing, right? Like, I mean, I, it, I, I really do like the new movement to uh, to focus on like the USC. Like, I think that's yeah. a cool idea. I love the one um, Gamecockology made yeah. that was like the with two E's. Shout out to Gamecockology. That's yeah. that's my guy. We were DMing when I was. He's a great guy, but but there was just so many missteps, and it, it just shows to me that these people working in the marketing departments and different things throughout the campus are not from South Carolina. And they're they just not connected. You know what I mean? Like I they, don't necessarily they're not, not from, but they're not they're they don't understand the history behind They're not considering it. Yeah. yeah. This is a major decision to make. And yeah. to roll that out in a tweet, I don't think they even expected this to happen. No. But but you know, I, I I just all of it is bad, man. Like and you know, then you see you know, folks are out here saying, well, you know, if you want to call it USC, do you. Like, it's the contempt, you know what I'm saying? Like, you basically get telling your entire audience, if you don't like this, well, you know, you're behind. You don't understand. Let me tell you something about market research. It's not real. <laughs> you know what I'm, I'm saying? I'm in a I mean, it, you know, it's... Save a metric. We should know in the last couple of elections alone, you know, you can say market research all along, but it's possible that person won't win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the same thing is true about a brand. I mean, think about this. New Coke. You remember New Coke? Yeah. I don't either. It happened before we were alive. <laughs> Like it's it, that was a major mistake, right? I just I don't I don't know. I, obviously, something will change. Like the, the the blowback is too big, so so we might see they have just to walk it back. And maybe not walk it back, but I think they'll maybe do something a little bit better, right? But but I I think they're going to have to change it. They're already down two hundred grand, man. But but I feel like they are going to go after something we're going to like better. But the mistake and what I'm concerned about is they're losing what makes South Carolina important, yeah. right? Now, granted, we have this formal logo that's that's I guess for like formal conversation, yeah, with the, with the palm tree. That's been change, you know, the no longer eighteen ones there. If they're trying to make things cleaner, that's fine, right? But I just think that the 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 monogram, U of S C, whatever they're using for social media, it's just boring. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's boring. I know they're trying to impress eighteen year olds, but who cares? You know what I'm saying? Like you can make yourself look interesting and regal and collegiate. That's the big thing. Collegiate. And you're not doing that. You're just every, ma- <laughs> every kid thinks that symbol looks boring. It is. It's just dumb. Like I, I don't know, man. And like you know, you got this misstep, and you've got the the thing. I, I checked the New York Times the other day, and I see on my notification that Nick Mulvaney's going to be college president. You know what I'm saying? I don't think anybody here at this university wants a politician to replace no. Pastides. And it's these missteps. You know what I'm saying? It's just these missteps on this side that, like, if you ask. What the heck's going on? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, <laughs> like, who's in charge of where this stuff's going on? And it's just, and it's just, it's, it's just being laissez faire out, right? Like, no one, no one, I guess, even considers that there's ramifications to this. Like, on, on the Mulvaney thing, Pasties is a good guy. I would rather have somebody in the campus to replace him. I don't think you'll have that same connection if you go from out, right? And the fact that New York Times is confident enough in their sources here to say, sources at the University of South Carolina said, yeah, we're considering him. Who are these people? You know what I'm saying? It's probably the same people that signed up on this logo. Yeah. It's just, they don't, it seems like somebody's not clued in. You know what I'm saying? There's a disconnect here. And it's just, it's, it deserves to be made fun of, frankly, and like, I think we should continue doing that. <laughs> we should continue make. I, I hate to use the word bully, but we should bully University of Florida <laughs> until they change it back. This is like, I saw it on Twitter and I was like, this just got to be a joke. Like they're yeah, messing. No, with it's us. just it's. I don't know, man. It's it's something else. It, it's it's my thing is it like it's like why fix something that's not broken. Yeah, and I, I guess the idea is to consolidate and make your brand stronger, but you can do that. Without starting this, if they would have done war, like, like the with two E's, like if they done forever to the, if they done the USC, hmm. anything like that, you know, like 
They could have done something with Carolina instead of yeah. USC, and everybody would have liked that too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like if you're going to give up, U- if you're going to give up USC, why not just take Carolina off everything too? And I, I and think we'll see everything. I think what we're not even considering or considering is it's possible that again, if they hadn't have brought that up, they could have just changed their letterhead, and we would have kept calling it USC, and this fight wouldn't have happened. If they would have just it changed just, the Twitter profile pic yeah. and never said anything, no, no one would have cared. No one would have spoken up. Like we wouldn't be having this conversation. No one and, noticed it. No, and that's how it should be. I you don't even know what the old. Twitter profile picture was. Oh, it was a lot better than what they have now. That much is they could, I mean, in my opinion, like, why not, if you're just going to rebrand like that, put the block C with the Gamecock yeah, one. Well, do that. You know, man, that's it's just simple. too easy. That, that, that's not $200,000 thinking. Let me, okay, well, let's talk about this, okay? We can keep brainstorming, but we're going to send an invoice to the horseshoe, and for $150, we'll cut them a deal, okay? Now, here's what we're going to do, all right? We're just literally going to copy and paste my admissions letter from a couple years ago. We're just going to paste that logo back. Problem solved, man. That's it. And they're back to where they were before uh, all of this even happened. I'll get on my Photoshop and I'll just draw with the bunch of That's another question I want to ask. Do you Photoshop all of the pictures that you put on Twitter yourself? Everything I've made is done by me. You're, you need to get paid by somebody to do that because that's hilarious. Well, my plan is to get paid by the university. I'm the new marketing guy. That, yeah, that's, what that's, I, that's why I'm on this podcast. I'm trying to pivot. That's what I'm trying to that's do. That's the big so, announcement, guys. Uh, give, me, give me a job. I want, to, I want to make the new logo. I'll do it for $15. That's, that's my final offer. Well, I think if they paid someone 280 I'd assume they'd give you 15 for, you know, just going in Microsoft Paint and doing some stuff. I don't know, man. Because that's what it looks like. It looks like they, <laughs> like, went on Microsoft Word, typed in U of SC, was like, like it, copied that, Microsoft Paint, red, and then just, you know, this is it. The Here, logo. Merry Christmas. Folks, this is my final opinion. The logo is not good. No. Um, it's terrible. Definitely not good. So, well, hey. um, Guys, I think that's that's it from us. Reagan, it was a it was a great Absolutely, time. Absolutely, glad to be here. We'll have to do it some other time. But Big fan. whenever they do something else stupid, we can uh, we can we'll come on here and blast them, them again and talk about how terrible so. it is. Thanks, guys. I re- can I plug some stuff? Yeah, uh, yeah sure. The, the Twitter account is at French Ticket. Uh, my personal one, I think it's pretty funny. I don't know. I mean, I could suck. Uh, it's at R E G A N Freeman. Um, if you want to hear some, I guess uh, some pretty funny stuff on there. Some some highbrow critiques. Uh, don't go there. These are going to be real dumb jokes. So I mean, you know, you got to make your money somehow. Yeah, well, I sure hope somebody's going to start well, paying me. You know, what we're going to do, me and Chris will copy this and send it to USC yeah. Law, and they're going to be like, okay, he's in. Yeah, if anybody in the law school admissions office is listening to this, please let me in. Listen, yeah. you'll get the admissions application in a week. I just want you to read it and think about how charming this interview was, and please let me in. And then, like, two years when I sent mine in, let me in, too. And then me well, don't get greedy. Okay, well, don't, don't get too greedy. Duo to ever come through. That's key. That, that's definitely key. That sounds good, man. Let's kind of work together.